It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 37. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and we're thrilled you're back with the podcast. The Golden Gopher football team wrapped up an unbeaten non-conference schedule in dominating fashion, stampeding the Buffaloes of Colorado last Saturday in Minneapolis, 49-7. Minnesota has outscored its three non-conference opponents 149-17, and the starting defense has allowed only one field goal in that span. We have another great podcast to get a behind-the-scenes look at Gopher football and also get some outside perspective as well. First, we'll talk with Gopher offensive lineman Quinn Carroll, the Adina native who is now wearing maroon and gold, starting at right tackle, and it sounds like having the time of his life. He's a legacy Gopher. We'll hear more from him on all kinds of things here on episode number 37. I'm excited for you to all hear from Quinn. From there, we'll chat with the very talented Brandon Gauden from Fox Sports, FS1, Big Ten Network, Westwood One, and other high-level media outlets. He'll be on the television call of Minnesota and Michigan State this Saturday for BTN. Then he'll handle play-by-play duties of the Vikings-Lions game in Minneapolis on Sunday for Fox. That's a pretty cool double dip, and I think you'll enjoy hearing from Brandon on that and other things. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Our thanks to Brian Slipka. He leads the group in serving and giving with Sunbelt and True North. The Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm is also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. Like the Gophers, Affinity Plus is fundamentally sound with preparation, focus, and follow-through. We're glad to be affiliated with Affinity Plus, a local Minnesota credit union providing all your banking needs, including a top-rated mobile app. And talk about community involvement, they've got that too. Great work with the Special Olympics Minnesota, as well as being top supporters of Gopher Athletics. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at ChamplinInsurance.com. I invite you to subscribe to our podcast. It's free to click. You can hit that subscribe button and listen at any time. You can also go back and listen to our previous podcast, including last week's show when we heard from Tanner Morgan and Tanner Hoops, the Tanner and Tanner show last week. This week, we're talking Gopher football once again. It's the Go Gopher podcast episode 37, and Gopher right tackle Quinn Carroll of Adina is our guest Here's our conversation. It's episode 37, the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm. It's our pleasure to welcome one of the newest Gophers. Uh, he has been contributing each week. This Minnesota team's off to a 3-0 and start. The uh, starter at right tackle is Quinn Carroll, the Adina native, and back in his hometown and now officially a legacy Golden Gopher. Of course, his father was a tight end for Minnesota, Jay Carroll. First of all, good to see you. Good to see you. Well, um, let's talk about uh, how much fun it looks like you guys are having a ball out there. You guys have been road grading people. You've been pass protecting. Uh, how much fun are you having? I'm having a blast. Yeah, it's really fun to play with these guys and and really compete each week. What was it like coming back in the sense that uh, this had been a close group up front, right, these offensive linemen, so you're now kind of the new kid on the block, and you want to play, and they want to play, and uh, how was that dynamic? And it looks like it's 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 blending in pretty well. Yeah, I mean, they, they welcomed me with open arms from the beginning. Um, 
even back in January when I wasn't going to show up right away, I was going to show up in May. They were really, really excited to have me. Um, and then once I showed up, we were ready to roll. So, um, as long as I knew my stuff and, and was ready to play, they were they were excited to have me. Yeah, how hard was that too to transition to learn to uh, to catch up? Because some of those guys have been in the program a while, and um, you know, and I've, I've obviously have been around. Uh, and every program probably does certain things different. Coaches do certain things different. So, what was the the transition like, and how quick was the turnaround in terms of okay, I gotta I gotta learn this stuff because I want to play. Yeah, well, as soon as I made the decision uh, to come here, I was jumping in that playbook and along with coach Callahan and and the older guys they were really able to help me um, understand the playbook better just so that by the time fall camp rolled around I was ready to go so um, you know it was a it was an everyday thing yeah and and were you able even not even to be on campus here but able to at least study part of the playbook and maybe have phone conversations or zoom or even in person potentially or how did that all work that way yeah I would have zoom conversations with coach Callahan and we would go through the playbook um, you know little by little just to familiarize myself with it yeah. Um, how good is it to play, too? I know you had some injuries and, you know, didn't maybe get your crack at it while you were at Notre Dame, your previous school, and just now to be a contributor on a team that's off to this 3-0 and start. Yeah, it means a lot, especially as a gopher. Um, you know, I'm blessed to have this opportunity and, and playing, uh, you know, starting as a as a gopher means a lot to me and a, and a lot to my family. To come back, um, take me through that decision to uh, to do what you did uh, in terms of selecting Notre Dame to start and then when the opportunity was, hey, maybe maybe the uh, maybe there's an opportunity that uh, I can go home. Kind of right. take yeah. me through all that thought process, maybe all the way back to a high school senior. Yeah, I mean, uh, coming out of high school, um, you know, in my mind, Notre Dame was the best decision for me and I still believe that. Um, it really prepared me for my time here, and um, it, it was great. I, I really enjoyed the relationships I built there with my teammates, with my coaches, uh, with people outside of football. Um, so it was a great experience. After about three years, I figured there might be better opportunity elsewhere uh, to see the field a little bit more. Um, you know, I had injury early on, but I don't think that really played into it much. It was just more of a... You know, I, I knew I was going to graduate, and I knew I um, might have a better opportunity elsewhere. And the Gophers came calling. Uh, They're the first school to to call me as soon as my name hit the portal. So I was excited. Um, I knew. I knew as soon as I put my name in the portal that if the Gophers came calling, I was coming home. Yeah, how and how was that, the relationship? Obviously, they wanted you to come here the first time. Uh, I'm sure they were, as coaches, disappointed when that didn't happen. But did the relationships you build then help with then the secondary recruitment, so to speak? Absolutely, yeah. They already knew me. They knew my family, and they were like, let's go. Yeah. So. What did your dad say? What, what was, how was How much was he involved in, in all the decisions? Uh, in high school or Both. now? Yeah. Um, in high school, you know, he was really, you know, wanted me to make the best decision for myself. Um, he would have been excited with any decision I made. And then when I put my name in the portal, I told him, I was like, if the Gophers come calling, I'm, I'm going home. So he was very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, to, to be a legacy, as you said. Yeah. It's, and then there is something special about that for sure. And your dad, I, I know we had him on our pregame show, in fact, back uh, in the pregame of the Ohio State game last year, uh, because really that was kind of the anniversary of that group where he had three touchdowns 40, yeah, 40th, in, yeah. in the 40th anniversary. And they had a good group. And um, it was so fun to hear those guys talk. And I'm sure time flies. It, 
I'm sure when they get together, it feels like they're 22 again, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was cool to see those guys enjoying the moment and to hear him. And then we talked briefly about you and and the pride that he had for, uh, you know, to watch your kid play and to be good and to, and and I'm sure that was obviously before uh, you're back now. So I'm sure he's got his uh, chest thumped out watching uh, number 77 out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's talking to all of his buddies from, from the old days back when they beat Ohio State, and he's ready to see us do it again. <laughs> yeah, right? No, no kidding. And for that to happen, obviously you want to end up where you want to end up, right, in, in Indianapolis because there's not a regular season matchup with those Buckeyes. Uh, but there are some good, tough regular season matchups, make no mistake about it, including this weekend. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the season here. Um, I, I will come back to a couple of things I want to ask you about, and, uh, still going back to coming back to the Gophers, but um, in terms of the season, 3-0 start, you guys have been dominating, obviously, outscoring people, whatever it is, 149 to 17. Um, what uh, what are your thoughts and assessment here through through three games? I think I think we've been playing excellent um, as an offense and really as a defense too. People don't uh, people don't really realize the amount of opportunity that the defense has given the offense to go out there and score. Um, so when we get our opportunity, we're taking full advantage of it. But um, you know, as I like to say, it always starts with the five guys up front, but you know, Mo, Trey, Bryce, all those guys behind us, they're making it happen and they're making us look good. Um, and, and Tanner with those guys on the outside. So yeah. um, it, it, we've really been able to mesh well together and, and perform very well. And in some cases, it's more than five up front. You've gone with six on occasion. And then those tight ends become all offensive linemen occasionally, yeah, right? I move yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah you, get, you even play right at the end uh, on occasion as well. So, you know, I, I would guess as, as, a, uh, as a prototypical lineman, you like when the extra guy comes in and you're lined up outside. And not always, because there's got to be some deception, but there's some times where everybody in the ballpark knows that you're going to hand the ball off mm-hmm. and you still win the battle, yeah. right? I mean, take me through that thought process as a lineman and how much how much that means to you guys. Yeah, I mean, we've had some we've had some short yardage scenarios, you know, down on the goal line, especially in these past three games, and everybody and their mother knows that we're going to run the ball. So, um, you know, it's just a mentality. We always tell ourselves that it's a mentality. Um, it's what we prepare for and. You know, as long as we're doing our job, those guys behind us are going to make it in the end zone. So. What um, do you see from Michigan State now? As we talk, it's Tuesday. Um, people may be hearing this podcast on Wednesday, Thursday, or even into the weekend. But as we talk, uh, I'm guessing there's still more game planning to go for you guys. But what can you tell us in terms of just an initial look at what, what they will bring and what you'll have to do? Yeah, from what I've seen so far, I mean, they've got a lot of skill. Um their defense is is full of a lot of speed, uh, some some good pass rushers and and uh, some good athletes. So we're gonna have to protect the quarterback as we always do. Um, so it'll be a challenge, but we're we're ready for it and we're prepared for it. The expectations for this team internally are high. Um, and now externally, I think they're growing because it's been a dominant start. How do you guys handle that, um, both the internal noise, and I know there's external noise that P.J. Fleck talks about a lot. Um, how, do you, how do you go about processing that all and still uh, be impactful on the weekend? Yeah, I try to block it out. You know, I don't, I don't really listen to it. Um, I don't hear much of it either, but um, I know that people think we haven't played anybody, which I disagree with, um, you know three very good teams and um you know we've just proven that we're better um but I, i'm excited for this game in michigan state because everybody knows 
Michigan State had a great year last year, had a hot start with their first two games, and they're still a really good team. So uh, this is a big win for us uh, when we pull it off. Yeah, and and they're a team, too, that coming off of that loss, you got to figure they're going to be ultra-focused to open Big Ten play on their home field. And um, here comes 3-0 and Minnesota. I mean, this is this should be should be a pretty good contest, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. And nobody in that stadium is going to want us to win either. So it'll be fun when we do. Yeah, for sure. No, no doubt. As you guys um, move forward, um, what, what has your assessment been? Um, because it is a little unique. Everybody says we're going to take it one game at a time. And I'm assuming even at Notre Dame, there were certain things that would implement, you know, don't worry about next week. Don't worry about last week. Don't let one loss turn into two or whatever. But I do think in just being around other coaches that this staff is a little different in terms of how they approach it with these one-game championship seasons and all of that. Um, how has that been for you to to, to learn uh, that and transition to that? And how effective has that been even in your own processing of getting ready for a game? Um, I mean, it's been very enjoyable. Um, it, it's really fun to see how Coach Fleck is going to approach each week, um, you know, really leading our team and leading the coaches as well. But um, for me personally, it's really allowed me to focus on one opponent at a time, not worrying about the next week or or the week after that um, or what happened last week. You know, you, you watch the film, you learn from your mistakes, flush it, move on. Um, and now it's all about Michigan State and, and what we're going to do to – to beat them on Saturday. Did you have to get fitted for that leather vest on those Sunday <laughs> nights that PJ Fleck always talks about? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, everybody does, right? Yeah, I think it was 54 wide or something <laughs> like that. Is that is that uh, productive? Do you like that? I mean, do you understand what what the coaching staff is doing when they when they do those things? Yeah, absolutely. And every coach has has to you know get on you when when he needs to. Um, but this coaching staff has been great. Any any mistake I've made, they address it as they need to, and then they, they trust me to correct it. What are some areas, obviously you've been productive, but are there some areas when you look and you say, okay, next week I got to do this better, or in weeks ahead this is something I got to work on? Are there some things? Yeah, I mean, um, every week there's, there's multiple uh, things that I can correct and, and learn from. I think we're running the ball really well. Got to continue to improve in the pass. Um, and keep those flags away from me. Yeah, and and that's unfortunate for linemen, right? Because uh, you know you guys are working every down, and you you protect the quarterback, and he's got a touchdown, and the quarterback and the receiver get the credit, and then one play in seventy, and uh, you know if it's holding uh, or illegal block or guy downfield, I think you got that one right. And I didn't see the film, so I don't know how close or how how what what happened. And those are hard because Tanner looks like he might be running, right? He's rolling out. Um, so yeah, you guys never never get the good end of the stick. I try on the radio to give you guys credit when, when credit's it. due. But uh, <laughs> what, what is that mentality for the linemen where, where about the only time you guys get noticed will be if you're downfield illegally or something? Yeah, that's tough. Um, you know, we're not looking for the all the praise and the glory, but, um, you know, when you get the flag, you know, thrown at your feet, you know, you know it's on you and you're just racking your brain. What could it be? Yeah. But I think you know. Um, <laughs> Was it close on the downfield? Or was it? Where, in my opinion, it was it was a poor call. But yeah, because um, they usually give you about what three a three yard. It's three window? yards, and my foot just stepped on the three yard line. Yeah, so it was like three yards and a couple inches. Yeah, that's pretty close. Because usually they'll they, they might even give a fourth yard. Sometimes I think mm-hmm. I think five. Well, it's like like if you're driving on the road, like if it's a fifty five. You're going to get a ticket at 68 probably, but 
66, you might be okay. 63, you're probably okay. So they kind of got you at 63 there, didn't they? Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was brutal watching the film. I I I was you know not happy with the call, but uh, you know it's it's my fault for being downfield. Anyways. You got to take the pill and go back. And exactly. the good news was, I think the, the, there was an, a conversion, right? That it didn't thwart the drive, if memory serves. Correct? I think there was. Um, it didn't it didn't kill the drive, but. Uh, the drive did not end up scoring. It did not end up scoring. All right. All right. Well, that's fine. I mean, it, you, you know, and as as you say, you learn from that and you move on and and, yeah. and, and the rest is history. Yep. Um, more questions for our guest, Quinn Carroll. And we want to first, though, thank our sponsor, Affinity Plus. They sponsor the Go Gopher podcast. They're your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join this financial. It wants to build a meaningful banking relationship with you and put you first. They love the Gophers. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide. That includes right here on campus or just up the street from the football stadium on University in Minneapolis and branches all over the state. Learn more and to find out more, try to connect with them. Go to uh, affinityplus.org slash go gophers. That's affinityplus.org slash go gophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union federally insured by NCUA and man, it's great to have them on board uh, for the podcast. They do a lot for Gopher Athletics. They do so much for the community. And I promise you, if you go in and uh, qualify and open an account, uh, it'll be a great, meaningful relationship. As we mentioned, speaking of relationships, uh, Quinn Carroll developed a relationship with this Gopher coaching staff in high school. I want to ask you about, uh, one, at one point, P.J. Fleck flew a helicopter, right, into your game uh, in a Dyna to watch you play. What do you remember of that? I didn't know it was happening. So um, <laughs> I see a helicopter flying above the stadium where I'm warming up and uh, and then here comes Coach Fleck and Coach Simon. Uh, Coach Fleck was wearing my jersey number in high school, and Coach Simon was wearing my dad's old gopher number. So but they were pulling out the stops. Yeah, they were. Um, and it was it was awesome to see. Um, heart was racing a little bit, but I was excited. Um, and and I knew that. It would be a big story afterwards. How much pressure is on a high school kid like you, where you're, you know, ranked one or two in the state? Um, the local, your dad played. Uh, the local fans want you to stay home. There's coaches from all over the country coming in. You've got great options. And whether it was Notre Dame, whether it was Minnesota, whether it was UCLA, I don't. I'm just, you know, whoever it was. How much pressure comes with that decision? Because um, you're going to disappoint people no matter what choice you make, and you have to be true to what you think, right? Right. Yeah, it was tough. But my uh, my family and, and the people around me really did a good job of explaining that this is my decision. Uh, you know, um, you're going to upset, you know, multiple coaching staffs, multiple people in the state if you don't choose Minnesota. And, um, you know, it, it, it's really up to you. And so I really took that to heart, um, prayed about it a lot and, uh, you know, did my due diligence and visits and and uh, talking with coaching staffs and players of the teams and and made my my best decision at that point and I I still love the decision I had a great time at Notre Dame well and am I right you have a degree now right an undergrad yep. degree from Notre Dame and that that there's some value to that at a minimum correct absolutely yeah, yeah. so how did you do that three just three plus years right it was three yeah it was three and a half semesters or three and a half years. Um, and the summers, you know, were in there. So so that was really my way of figuring out in less than four years. But, um, yeah, after last season, I was like, okay, if I take 
18 credits in the spring, I'll graduate. Wow. I was like, I'll do it. Um, and know, so I, just worked and it. worked and did it. Exactly. And you were taking classes at Notre Dame knowing you were going to be a gopher, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I committed in January, and I still had a semester left uh, of 18 credits to, to So graduate. you bang that out. So now you got a degree. And then the weird thing is with the COVID, um, you still have what? After this year, another two if you want. I mean, you can yeah. choose whatever you want. Um but you you could be a gopher for three seasons. Correct. If if yeah. if, if if that's where the the direction leads, mm-hmm. you think about the experience. You're going to be. Let's say you do it just for the fun of it. Let's say you play three more years. You'll be what 22, 23, 24. You'll have played at Notre Dame, a degree from Notre Dame, probably some sort of graduate degree from Minnesota. What an experience you would have as a young man at twenty three or four with multiple degrees at multiple high level programs with great experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and out of high school, I never thought that I would transfer uh, and the ability to transfer before you graduated wasn't really an option unless you wanted to sit. Um, Luckily, I was able to graduate and be a grad transfer anyway. Yeah. Um, So I wouldn't have had to sit. But um, yeah, the opportunity to play three years for Notre Dame, three years for the Gophers, a degree from Notre Dame, another degree from the Gophers, and then, you know, it's a lot of years in college, but uh, it, it's uh, it's exciting to think about. Yeah, I mean, and uh, what? How many kids at twenty three years old are going to have that kind of? Uh, and aside from just the what you get out of it, just it, the experience that you've had. Like, well, where are some places you've been now to play football? You think about uh, some of the spots you've been at Notre Dame, maybe some high school all star games. You're going to be in East Lansing this weekend. You've got you know trips to you know other places this year. You'll be in Madison and Lincoln, and you know some pretty cool spots. Obviously, your own stadium. Where are some other spots you've you've uh, enjoyed? going to yeah last year um i played against florida state uh that was their home opener um and that was very loud um played at virginia tech that's another great atmosphere um and that sometimes registers like on the richter scale i think their yeah. entrance right it's yeah. nuts at, at in blacksburg virginia yeah yeah and my my oldest brother played there so i grew up going so to you Oki knew games. about it yeah. yeah i grew up going to Oki games and and that one was marked on the calendar for my whole family. We were really excited about that one. And to play against the Hokies as they're playing enter Sandman running out there, it was, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Were you part of the – what was the game where Notre Dame and Clemson played? Mm-hmm. Was that at, was that in South Bend? Yeah, it was in South was Bend. Was that in the middle of COVID and yet everyone charged the field? Yeah. I was thinking uh, that, right? <laughs> sad story about that one. I had COVID Uh during that game, so I missed that game. So you're just sitting isolating in your apartment in or whatever, room. hotel room? I was in a hotel room eating pizza and watching watching wow. the guys beat Clemson at home. What a, what I remember, we were coming back from Illinois because um, there was no fans. Somehow you guys were allowed, the Notre Dame had fans, but there were no fans at that point in Big Ten games. I think we were coming back from, from Illinois, and the radio crew at that point couldn't travel with the team either, so we rented a van. And so we stopped in like Beloit or someplace in, in, on the way back and stayed, and we were watching that game in the hotel room wearing masks mm-hmm. at that point. And I remember watching that game and thinking, how do they get all those fans on the field? And you didn't get to take part. I didn't know that. I just hit that question cold, but man, that yeah. that 
that stinks. But your teammates, uh, little known uh, fact. Yeah, yeah, that is a little known fact. So were you able to at least celebrate in your own little way? I mean, these are your buddies playing out there. Yeah, I was able to call them after the game and congratulate them. But <laughs> other than that, but I was. You were stuck in a hotel room. Stuck in a hotel uh, room. Did you have symptoms? Were you sick, or was it? Uh, it was a bad cold. Just but. a bad cold, man. That that stinks. But um, uh, any any other uh, favorite spots that maybe you went, or any spots you're looking forward to now that you're in the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, when I made this decision, I knew that, you know, playing in the Big Ten was going to be an awesome experience. I was able to play Wisconsin in Soldier Field last year, which was very yeah. cool. Um, I'm excited to play at at Wisconsin this year, at Penn State, at Nebraska. So uh, those are some really big ones, including this week for my first season as a gopher. Yeah, at East Lansing. Uh, take me all the way back. What Do you remember the first time your dad took you to a gopher game, how old you might have been, and how how many times over the years you've been to either the Metrodome or, or here? Yeah, I mean, I was probably, you know, very young, maybe 10, maybe even younger, uh, watching the gophers play. And then all throughout middle school, early days of high school, and then once I started being recruited, I would just go as a recruit. But uh, been to countless Gopher games, and sometimes when I'm down there on the field, I'm like, "Holy crap! Here you this, are. This is where I used to watch the guys. <laughs> you know, now you're one of them. Yeah. Right now, I'm there's little ten year olds up there watching you uh, play, saying, "Someday I want to be that guy." Right? Exactly. Yeah. That, that is pretty cool. And um, what did your what kind of advice did your dad give you now that um, here you are? Um, he gets to watch you in maroon and gold. Do you, do you talk with him a lot? I do, yeah, multiple times a week. Um, you know, he's at every game, so we talk uh, and hang out after games too. So um, it's been great being so close to home. You know, we see each other so frequently, and he's been so supportive, um, especially as a former Gopher. How about your brother? Uh, you mentioned he played at Virginia Tech. Does he watch yeah. all the games too? Oh, yeah. I've got four older brothers that are at every game, so – I've got a huge, huge fan yeah. uh, fan base. Yeah, and uh, do they? Is it always positive, or do they sometimes say, "Hey, uh, you need to do this," or "Hey, try this"? Uh, it's mostly positive. That's they, good. They've got their two cents sometimes. Yeah, but, uh, that's good. That's how they're supposed to be. That's how they've always been. So. That's that's that that's the beauty of brothers, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, are you the youngest? I have two younger sisters, so I'm the fifth of seven. But you're the youngest boy. Correct. So did you get beat up a lot? Were they competitive? Did that help you maybe as, as the young guy uh, coming up? Definitely competitive. Uh, <laughs> you know, in everything we did, we were we were competing. And then at a certain age, I was bigger than they were. So <laughs> Did they back off at that time? A little time? bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the younger brother can beat up the older brother, then the, uh, the teasing stops, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Do you think that shaped you, though? Uh, in terms of how good you got and how competitive maybe you are? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it runs in our blood, the the competitiveness. And um, that's really what has helped me to become the best version of myself is is that mindset and that competitiveness each day, even in practice. Man. What's your degree from Notre Dame? Marketing. And now what, are you pursuing a postgraduate degree here then? Yeah, I'm doing a certificate program through the Carlson School of Management. It's uh, strategic marketing. Man, so you've got it. You've got the uh, you've got the future laid out too, with with whatever you want to do. Hopefully, football can be more of the future, and then when you're ready to 
hang the pads up, you've got a couple of high quality degrees to fall onto, right? Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. That's awesome. Well, hey, how about the goal being one and zero in the Michigan State Championship season? Absolutely. It was fun having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. We want to mention too for appearing here on the Go Go for podcast, our player guest today, Quinn Carroll, will receive a one hundred dollar prepaid Visa gift card from Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. They're proud to support Golden Go for student athletes, so uh, maybe you can have a date night or head out uh, on the town. But a hundred dollar prepaid Visa gift card. We thank you. Thanks so much. All right, and thanks to. Affinity Plus. Stay with us. It's the Go Gopher podcast. That's the man who anchors the right side of the offensive line for the Golden Gophers, Quinn Carroll. I hope you enjoyed learning more about him. Our thanks to Affinity Plus for sponsoring our Gopher player profile segment here on the Go Gopher podcast. We'll continue to talk football. When we come back, it's Brandon Gauden. He'll be on the television call this weekend in East Lansing. But first, a word from Tony. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers. We continue with episode 37. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Go Go for podcast, Brandon Gauden with Fox Sports, with Big Ten Network, with FS1, with Westwood One. Many people who might not even be, you know, fans of watching TV hear his voice on the Madden game. Uh, I mean, you're everywhere. Brandon, good to see you. Thanks for coming on. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for the kind introduction, Mike. It's always good to be with you. Well, uh, I'm going to ask you about that first. How often do people recognize your voice because they play video games? I would say that, yeah, so I've been doing Madden now since 2016, and that's probably the thing definitely that my nephew's friends want to talk about the most. And I've, I've found that quite a few Uber drivers must play the game because <laughs> sometimes when they see my name pop up and they start talking to me, nobody recognizes my face, but sometimes through conversation, they'll say, oh, wait, do you do the Madden game? So that's the, I don't have any street cred, but that gives me just a little bit of street cred, Mike. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure too, you have people, uh, including our sports information guy, Paul Rovnak, wanting to record voicemails for kids and all that <laughs> stuff, right? Well, Paul, as you know, one of the best, and his son likes the game. So the last couple of years, I have sent that to his son and hopefully (laughs) added a little joy to the household. But like I tell him, like I tell my brothers with kids and everybody else, I'm like, listen, the commentary gets very redundant and annoying. So just put it on mute and let your kid play it in silence. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, in addition to being busy with that, you you have a busy Minnesota-centric weekend coming up. Uh, When I first uh, thought about, hey, we should have Brandon on the podcast because he's going to be on the BTN Saturday with Joshua Perry uh, calling Gophers and Spartans. And then I find out not only will we be doing that on Saturday for BTN, on Sunday you'll be on Big Fox doing the Vikings and Lions back here in Minneapolis. So you've got quite a uh, double dip for the weekend with the Gophers and the Vikings for Minnesota. Yeah, so people in Minnesota and Michigan will either love or hate me this weekend, depending on how these games go. 
And by the way, if there's room in your carry-on, I might try to fold myself in there so that I can take the charter back to Minnesota <laughs> for the Sunday game. <laughs> I do have a large carry-on, so it might work. It might work. We'll have to maybe strategize on that for uh-huh. sure, for sure. Um, how, how much? Um, how how often do you get the double weekend like that? I know you also do some Westwood One games, and maybe TV's a little more labor-intensive than radio, but what's it like doing you know maybe two games in two days where it's a major production like that? Yeah, it is. So pre-COVID, I had some back-to-backs, but only with radio. TV would not let you have a back-to-back. COVID changed many things. And one thing that it changed, at least on the Fox side, is their willingness to let announcers work a college game on a Saturday and an NFL game on a Sunday. Last year, Gus Johnson did eight NFL games after doing a college game. I did four last year after doing a college game on Saturday. So I will be honest in saying my preference, just because of the risk of missing a flight, is to only do one a weekend. It's not about the work, even though it is a pretty intense work for prep, as you know, but it's more the fear of a game runs long, you miss your commercial flight, and then you can't get there on Sunday. That's really the worry to me, but I am not gonna turn down the assignments. I'm happy to have these two gigs. So yes, it's a full week with work. I mean, I. I would say if you add in the meetings and the games themselves, it's probably 70 to 80 hours, but it's a, you know, a labor of love as those of us in the business call it the prep. I enjoy, I like the research. I like the storytelling. So I don't mind all that. It's just that I'll be knocking on wood Saturday night <laughs> at nine 30 that I make my flight out of Detroit Metro and the wheels go up to Minnesota for the game on Sunday. Yeah. There's always some nervousness, especially lately, right? Flights seem to like the air traffic is, uh, you know, between staffing shortages and everything else. So, uh, we'll wish you good luck for that for sure. Um, and now talking some shop, we may bore some people here on the podcast, but, uh, you know, we're kind of radio and TV and sports geeks. So I got to ask you a couple questions. When you do those double uh, dips like that on the weekend, um, I think about guys who have done that for a long time and maybe don't have some of the luxury you do. I mean, like a Gene Deckerhoff for all those years did Florida State on Saturday. They might have been playing somewhere. And then wherever the Buccaneers went, he had to figure out a way to get there. I know Dave Posh does that, our buddy Wes Durham. I think, does, did you take Wes's spot at Georgia Tech maybe? I, I'm trying to remember. I did, yeah. yeah. I, I took West left in 2013, and I was at Georgia Tech 2013 through 2015 before I switched over to TV. And when I did, you know, I still live in Atlanta, and West still does the Falcons. So West still does a game Saturday and then every Sunday. And I've talked with Wes about this a lot, and I've never talked with Dave Pash about it or Gene Deckroff, but, but Wes, knock on wood, has never missed a game. He's had some close calls, yep. like that 6 a.m. flight on Sunday morning that gets delayed till 8, you land at 10.30 and your kick's at noon. You know, he's <laughs> had those, but uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, those of us that have done it, we talk about it and joke about it. You just kind of hold your breath and, and hope for the best. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about like Gene Deckerhoff for 47 years or whatever it was, yeah. and when he had the double duty when, when he took over the Buccaneers as well, I mean, every single weekend to have – the prep, but then, as you mentioned, the stress of an anxiety to try to make sure you're not going to miss the game. Man, that's a that's a that's a load of of uh, stress to handle week in and week out. I suppose. Yeah, but the the thing is, I think you know, pre COVID, when there were more flights, it was a little easier. You hit the nail on the head. The thing now is with a shortage of pilots and and flight attendants and the flights being cut. I mean, like. 
for instance, there, there I know are two flights that used to go from Detroit to Minneapolis on Delta on Saturdays that aren't offered anymore. So just it makes it a little more difficult. I think we'll get back to a world where it's less risky. It just, it just <laughs> feels in this this still this post COVID era that we're still all getting our feet back to, to normal. Um, I think I think it's just a little more risky. Yeah. But anyway, well, and you're in Atlanta and Detroit and Minneapolis, of course. Those you know, if you're, I'm, I'm guessing you have a few Delta Sky miles uh, through those. Uh, through those hubs, but you're right. Even at the hubs like that, uh, flights are less, and um, yeah. it it uh, it gets a little dicey for sure. All right, hey, let's talk some football. So you've got the Gophers and the Spartans, uh, Minnesota time a two forty kick. Uh, we'll have it on the Gopher Radio Network. You'll have it on BTN. Um, uh, quite a nice early season showdown, I think. Yeah, it's a great game. Obviously, a little bit of the luster came off with Michigan State going out and losing at Washington. I'll tell you what I was surprised. I was surprised by two things. I know that the teams that Minnesota has beaten are not good. They're 0-10. I get that. But the way that Minnesota won those three, I thought you guys would sneak in at like ranked 23rd, 24th, 25th. And I thought Michigan State, they fell from 11th to out of the polls, which surprised me. Yeah, I mean, I get that they didn't play well, but to drop all the way out of the top 25, I thought we were going to have a top 25 matchup. And I still think come into the year, this these could be two top 25 teams. So it is a pivotal game. And I hate to, you know, you hate to eat too much on it with it being a game that's this early in the year. But I think it is a big game, especially for a Minnesota team, as you well know, Mike, that is trying to finally get over the hump on the Western Division. You may say, well, Michigan State's in the East. Yeah, but this is still a Big Ten game uh, and one that they probably need to win on the road. So it, it is an important ball game for both clubs. Yeah, when you look, I think, at the Gophers' schedule, no Michigan and no Ohio State. That's going to be talked about a lot. But then probably the next two or right in that mix of teams is Penn State and Michigan State. Well, those are two road games for Minnesota, maybe the two toughest games on the schedule. There's a trip to Madison and a trip to Lincoln and a home game with Iowa, and there's others, right? I mean, there's no gimmies, obviously, in, in the league. But um, you think about, you're right, the cross division, uh, it's a road game in East Lansing. And this has been eight years since the Gophers have even been to that stadium, so nobody on the current team uh, has, has even played a game in that stadium. So um, the winner of this game, just it's simple. They just get a little step forward because certainly Michigan State, even with last week's result, uh, considers themselves an East contender as well. And look, if you're from their standpoint, don't you think they're thinking we got to beat Minnesota if we're going to win the East? 100%. And I think coming off last week's disappointment, you know, I watched Mel Tucker's press conference the other day and he was just angry. So you know that there is this level of redemption, not because they're playing Minnesota. They're not angry at Minnesota. I think Michigan State's angry at Michigan State yeah. for how they played last week. And in particular, for people that didn't follow Michigan State closely last year, they had the worst uh, pass defense in the country. And, and how they did that with winning 11 games is really mind-boggling. But it looked like in the first couple of games that they had improved that. Now it was against lesser competition. Well, then they go out and play Washington and former Indiana quarterback Michael Penix, and he just lights them up. He threw for almost 400 yards in the first half. So I think what Michigan State right now is scratching their heads at is, man, we thought we got these secondary issues fixed, and now we go out and we have this implosion at Washington. So I think they're really hungry to just not let that snowball into a second straight loss. And I think, look, we know that running the ball for Minnesota is the key. 
Uh, but I think there's going to be some yards to be had there through the air for Tanner and company, even with Ottman Bell out. So uh, it, it's just there's a lot of storylines. It's going to be a very interesting game. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm looking forward to it. And then on the Minnesota side, as you mentioned, you know, the schedule is what it is. When they scheduled that Colorado series, they had just won the Pac-12, you know, their division in the Pac-12. You think that's going to be a good game. And um, they just haven't been able to build off from 2016 when that was scheduled. So all of a sudden you, you roll them, uh, Western Illinois and New Mexico State with first-year coaches in total rebuild. So it's 149 to 17 points uh, in three games. Uh, and I will say this, and I want to get your reaction to it, because the Gophers over the course of time have had some close shaves in non-conference games in recent years against teams that probably are better than these two, especially the first two, but still, uh, you know, you wouldn't consider them like contending teams in a Big Ten. And the Gophers had nothing like a close shave. They they did what a good team would do. If West, like I use this as an example, not to suggest Minnesota is as good as you know an Alabama or a Georgia, but if New Mexico State or or let's say Western Illinois goes to Athens, that's going to be sixty two to three or whatever, yep. and that's what the Gophers yep. did. So I I do think is that a step forward? I don't know, but what was your take on just kind of watching and now studying a little of uh, of the Gophers? I, I, you hit the nail on the head. I look. When these teams play lesser opponents in the non-conference, I look at do they handle their business? Do they make mistakes? Are they making penalties? And is the team that is the lesser team hanging around for two or three quarters? And we've seen a lot of that in the Big Ten where that has been the case. I did Illinois, Wyoming. Wyoming hung in there for a little bit. Western Kentucky should have beat Indiana. I mean, there's there's a lot of examples. Unfortunately, the Big Ten had a bad week last week. Uh, You look at, honestly, Purdue going to Syracuse. I think that's a game where not necessarily Purdue should have won by four but those are the types of games that those mid-level Big Ten teams need to show their dominance. And Minnesota has showed their dominance through three weeks with what they have done to those opponents. So uh, you're right. You look at the Georgias and the Alabamas and the Ohio States, when they play these teams early in the season, they win 62 to three. And Minnesota has been able to do that in back-to-back-to-back weeks. So to me, that's the most impressive thing. The way that they have won, the way that they have controlled all three contests to me, Look, I I always say the first month of the season, be careful about getting too high and be careful about getting too low. So I'm not going to go here and say that that Minnesota fans should be expecting undefeated national championship. But by all means, their fans should be excited. I mean, this is an exciting team. And I know they're a little down with the news of Ottman Bell and understandably so. But this is still a team with a lot of weapons that can do a lot of damage this year. Yeah, and and certainly at this juncture, and again, stuff can change. They haven't even played a conference game yet, but I think if you're a Gopher fan, you have to think, and they have been on the cusp. They've been in contention for the West, and as you mentioned, that's the next step. Part of that probably at some point has to be, let you know, go in and beat Iowa, which they've lost whatever it is, six or seven in a row, and, and Iowa's having their issues now, but when that game rolls around in November, I'm thinking it's going to be a tight one uh, here in Minneapolis by that time and who knows where that goes but I think right now as we talk with the Big Ten opener Gopher fans should say yeah I think this team can be a contender in in that Western division for sure absolutely I do think right now in my mind Wisconsin even though they had the loss that surprised people to Washington State uh, I had Wisconsin last week and and they played New Mexico State so we knew it wouldn't be close and it wasn't they beat them 66 to 7 but 
I still think Wisconsin is a little bit ahead of Iowa, and I think that's probably the team to beat. Now, obviously, you still need to be concerned about Iowa. That's not yeah. going to be a gimme. I just think Iowa's offensive struggles, I, I don't know how they're going to solve them this year. I hope that they can because I'm just the believer that when all of these teams, especially programs like Iowa, are better, I just think it makes the conference better and more enjoyable. Yeah. And I have felt bad for Spencer Peters because I think there's more to the story as to why that offense has struggled than just the quarterback position. <laughs> But what fans do is they dump it on the quarterback, and I understand that. But but all that to say, I think Wisconsin is probably a little better than a lot of people are giving the credit for right I now. I agree. Yeah, and I think that I think that will bear itself out, and I I really think. Um, barring strange things happening that when Minnesota and Wisconsin meet later this year, I think that is going to be as big of a game between those two teams as it's been in some time and, and a lot of fun. Yeah, and that one's in Madison on Thanksgiving week as it has been, you know, back and forth the last few years. So it should be it should be fun as we get a, a look ahead. But here we are without even a conference game being played. The Gophers have not played in East Lansing since 2013. I started uh, calling football games in 2011. So this will be only my third trip in 17... Well, in 12 years of doing football, third trip to East Lansing, you've been there many more times. Tell uh, Gopher fans, I mean, there's literally new Gopher fans who don't even know what it's like to have their team play there with uh, how the schedule quirkiness goes sometimes. Uh, what is that atmosphere like in East Lansing? I've been there for when it's been good, and I've been there when it's been not so good. Uh, you know, the end of the previous regime, there were some upset fans, and I was there when there were probably 15,000 empty seats, and they weren't very happy I will say, as everyone's seen with what Mel Tucker did last year, that fan base is re-energized. And I think even after the loss, if they had beat Washington, I think they would be that, and they, they would be top ten, and that place would just be buzzing. I still think there's a lot of optimism. It's going to be a sellout. It already is a sellout. So I think it's going to be a raucous, fun atmosphere. You know, it's not as big as as the Big House or the Shoe, but it is a neat stadium. It's got a great tailgate scene around there. I like East Lansing. It's like a you know, I'm from I'm from Evansville, Indiana, very blue collar town. And East Lansing reminds me of my hometown. And it's just a lot of fun. People out in the tailgates are, you know, they're drinking Bud Light, having brought worse <laughs> and just reminds me of my people. So it's uh, it's it's a fun atmosphere and it should be a great venue for this game. Yeah. And as you mentioned, they'll they'll be ready coming off that game last week. And I think that's going to be one of the keys is the, the Gophers have played three teams, not, you know, uh, high in caliber and they've all been home games. And as you know, that first we've seen it even maybe Michigan State got hit by that in Seattle last week a little shell-shocked early like you think you're prepared for it until you're in it and and the game moves fast when when there's noise and confusion and chaos and PJ Fleck has talked a lot and frankly they've been a pretty good road team under him and they do do a lot of stuff to prepare but I think if Minnesota can weather the first say 10 minutes of that game and and not have problems like maybe Michigan State had last week in Seattle then we're in for a real good game. Yeah, I agree. I think the the good thing for Minnesota is just the experience, especially when you've got a quarterback that started as many games as Tanner Morgan has. I think I think your your eyes don't get as big on the road in an atmosphere like this. And really, I've said this with some previous interviews, Mike, and I know you agree. You know, when you go through and prep for these Big Ten teams this year, it's a lot of familiar names. There are a lot of fifth, sixth, even seventh yeah. year seniors, and so COVID has kind of made it so that these teams are older and more. Experienced experience than I've ever seen them. And what that means, I think, when you go into an atmosphere like this and you've got some of those older players on offense and defense like Minnesota does, I think it helps you tremendously. So I, I look, is it a storyline? Absolutely. For a lot of these guys that are in, at, in East Lansing for the first time, 
absolutely there's going to be some new feels. It's a different crowd, all of that. But I think they're probably more well-equipped than maybe a younger Minnesota team was at the beginning of P.J. Flex tenure, just with all the experience, especially at key positions. With And you've got, of course, Mo behind Tanner. I just think you've got a lot of veterans that aren't going to be as wide-eyed as maybe they would be in previous years. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We'll look forward to seeing you as well. The call on BTN. Um, I, I have to ask real quickly your assessment of the Vikings and Lions. You, you, you mentioned it. It's a Michigan-Minnesota weekend with the Gophers and Spartans in East Lansing. They couldn't have done you a favor and had the the, the, the Lions host the uh, the Vikings <laughs> this weekend. Maybe you could have called uh, you know Roger Goodell and flipped those uh, that game. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, what what's your uh, quick assessment? I know you've uh, prepared for that game as well. The Vikings uh, here at U.S. Bank Stadium hosting the Lions, and you'll have that on Fox. Yeah, well, for those that haven't followed, and I know people up there do know the NFC North, but I mean, the Lions probably have the most excitement around them, especially their offense that they've had in a decade. Uh, and they have put up a lot of points, over 35-plus the first couple of weeks. And they've got Aiden Hutchinson, the former Michigan star, who had three sacks last week. So Detroit, I think, I'm not going to say it's a 12-win team, but I think they're they're a really good team this year. They're different than they have been in the past. So in, in Minnesota, I'm trying to figure out, Mike, because week one, they just totally manhandle Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. And then on Monday night, they just lay an egg against Philadelphia. It looked like a complete flip-flop, like a totally different team. So I'm curious. Curious to see what Kevin O'Connell and company has in store, but you know what? That's a that's a division rival in week three, and for a week three game, that's a big NFL game too. So both of these contests, Saturday and Sunday, for the folks in the Twin Cities, uh, just a lot of it should be a fun weekend. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and who you share? Who do you share the booth with for the Sunday game? That's Brady Quinn, the old Notre Dame quarterback. Gotcha. Very good. Well, good luck on the flights. If we have to, um, I do carry have a big carry on. So uh, <laughs> you know, and you're not a large person, so maybe it would work. Maybe it would work. We'll uh, we'll have to discuss at the stadium on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, look forward to seeing you. Thanks for having me. All right. He is Brandon Gauden. It's episode 37. My thanks to Brandon Gauden from BTN, Fox Sports, Westwood One, and others. So fun to get his perspective and find out more about his background. Also, a big thanks to Gopher right tackle Quinn Carroll for taking us into his mind on Gopher football here on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 37. The Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We once again are proud to be partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. And we're also sponsored by State Farm Agent, Tony Hoagland. Again, please go back and listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to click the subscribe button right now on the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to listen. And please share the link on your social media channels so others can find out. We'll talk again next week.